It's never been more important than now to build a personal brand. If you thought about it, you witnessed people who started from zero and went to hundreds of thousands of followers and wondered how you can do it and whether or not you should or should not. I'm telling you now is the time. Personal branding's never been more important to authors, to content creators, and people who lead any kind of community. You're going to want to listen to this episode to figure out why and how you can start your personal brand, even if you feel like you're behind the eight ball. Start right now. Welcome to the Authors Who Lead podcast. This podcast is dedicated to you, people who want to be inspired by authors, leaders, and the messages they share. This is such an important podcast to us because we help uncover what goes on behind the scenes when authors are writing their book. We talk about the process. We talk about where they get big ideas, and you can listen in on those conversations. We can't wait for you to join us. So let's get started. Hey, everyone. Asul Tronis. Welcome back to another episode of Authors You Lead. Today, I have my dear friend, Chris Decker. He's a serial entrepreneur and an author of many best-selling books, Virtual Freedom, and more recently, The Rise of the Youpreneur. He's based in Cambridge, England, and Chris owns and operates several businesses, including the VA recruiting hub, virtualstafffinder.com, and his personal brand education company called youpreneur.com. Yeah, he employs over 350 full-time employees around the world and is regarded as one of the top experts on virtual staffing and scaling an expert business. Chris has been a trusted international business coach, keynote speaker, podcaster since 2010. And he currently spends most of his time mentoring successful entrepreneurs and investing in and advising startups. And we're going to talk today about his journey and his weekly content he puts out at chrisducker.com and how you can leverage your authorship and authority. Chris, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Now, the thing I didn't say in the intro was how we met. And I think it's very appropriate to talk about it because sure. this podcast wouldn't exist if it weren't for Chris and Pat Flynn. <laughs> I met Chris, I think it was 2014. So it's been a minute. We met at one of the events that he hosted there in San Diego. Now he hosts it in, in other parts of the world but it was the one day business breakthrough. And I tell the story because I heard that you two were hosting this. I was like, two for one? This is amazing. For one? I've never heard that one before. That's great. <laughs> because I had followed you both, but I had no idea. I heard you were best friends and that kind of thing. Yeah. But when it was a small, intimate group, I think at that time it was 20 people. One day, we're going to help you break through your business. And I was so excited. I took my credit card and maxed it out. I was a school teacher at the time. And I went and I realized that I didn't know what a mastermind was or a one day thing was. And you, your team sent wonderful notes about what's your list size, what's your business, right. what's your offer. And I didn't have an idea for a business at all. So I was struggling thinking, what am I doing here? What am I going to say to these people? I don't even have an idea, let alone these are very successful people. So that's when I wrote the book. I wrote it in 30 days and I showed yeah. up with this idea that I had pitched about the art of apprenticeship. And that's how we connected. I'm really glad that you're here. It's full circle now that this podcast exists and that we're helping hundreds and hundreds of clients write and publish books over the years. I love that. You know, what I love, you know what I love about that story the most is that you went out of your comfort zone to a certain degree to get your butt to that event in San Diego. And the fact that you did what you needed to do to have the book ready to rock and roll at the event is just a testament to the importance of taking action. But then looking at what now has gone on since that, you've helped Pat with his books. You've been on my stages before. You've flown out with Steve to the Philippines. You've come to London. We've done all these things. Like a genuine friendship actually has come out of you ultimately getting yourself out of your comfort zone and showing up, showing up, plain and simple. Yeah. Yeah. And showing up 
even though I was terrified because I wasn't prepared. And I think it's what I have to teach myself is that moment is what makes the difference. It isn't being ready. I wish it was because then you could plan and be ready. But um, many of you out there writing books or thinking about becoming a leader through your books or growing into some new area, I promise you it's no one's going to be waiting for an invitation for you to actually grow and change and do something that scares the heck out of yourself. That's up to you. And I really value your input here. I really want to talk about this whole personal brand, developing a personal brand around you as an entrepreneur, youpreneur became as you were teaching others, how your brand just has such an incredible staying power over the years. As you wrote this book, which I thought was wonderful. I remember The Rise of the Youpreneur is the book that I got to read most recently. Tell us about this whole idea of why we need a personal brand education in our business. I think that a lot of people lose track of the fact that you know, what we really are is what people say about us when we're not around. I think Jeff Bezos is is credited with your personal brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room or something to that effect. But think about it logically and more specifically in everyday life. Like when you're not at that coffee meeting, when you're not at that conference, when you're not on that Zoom call, like when your name pops up in conversation, what are people saying about you? That is your personal brand, ultimately your reputation. It's what you are known for in regards to what it is you do in the world and how you help people and serve them. And this is where particularly authors, actually, and I'm not just saying that because I'm on this podcast, but particularly authors, they identify with being an author first and foremost, above and beyond everything else. And because of that, at the exact same time as doing that, what they're doing is they're closing the door on every other opportunity that can come your way other than just being an author and making money by selling more of your books. And so for me, a personal brand business owner is somebody who utilizes the tools that are out there like books and being on stages and YouTube and podcasting and blogging and email newsletters and all these other tools that, that we have at our fingertips nowadays. And we utilize those to be able to build an ecosystem of products and services and experience that we can take our serving to a whole new level other than just our books. And obviously in the process, have more impact in the people's lives that we come into contact with, but also make a whole bunch of money in the process. And there's nothing wrong with making money. You've written the book in the first place because you're an expert in your field. So you should be getting paid. That's my yeah. kind of opinion on it. Yeah. I think a lot of authors think that a book is about the sales. And to some extent, that's true. Unless you're going to write lots of books, you're not going to make a great living as a author. Yes, you might have a book that does well, but you'll have to write another one that does well to keep it up. But if yeah. you're building it around your personal brand, who you are, what your services, coaching, community, whatever it is that's on the other side that you might support people, is that it's an ability to gain traction in in the minds and hearts of people that would want to know more. Definitely that's, I've observed that even going to your events and watching how that happens is that people want to know more. They want to join your programs. They want to be in close proximity to you. And that is where you can build value for them. What do you think the biggest mistakes people make when they're trying to build this sort of personal brand of themselves? What, where do they start to go wrong? By doing too much all at once. <laughs> it's the old chestnut of that entrepreneurial shiny object syndrome. It, the fact of the matter is multitasking is a myth. I'm a big believer of that. I don't think it's a real thing. I think it's just another silly buzzword, quite frankly. What you're really doing 
is you switch tasking. And when you switch task, you ultimately are switching your priorities up. And we all know, you know, the acronym to focus, follow one course until success. We know that to be true. If you focus on one thing at a time to completion before moving on to the next project, the next offer, whatever it might be, the chances of that project being successful for everybody involved, not just you, but for everyone is going to be that much bigger, that much higher, right? Whereas if you try and do too many things all at once, like many people do, then you know, the chances of you succeeding across any, you know, platform with any offer is pretty slim. Yeah. Let's imagine there's somebody here that we're talking to. Maybe that's you who's listening, that you have a book coming out. You feel pretty great about it. It's your signature topic or conversation, your the message you want to use to make a movement. And you maybe don't have a personal brand. Maybe you're making a new move. What are the ways in which somebody should start to prepare an audience or a platform for their arrival as a personal brand? What are the sort of the, you can't do everything at once, but what should they start thinking about when they're moving forward? Well, they should start sharing their opinions pretty much from day zero, right? What is it that, and by the way, let me preface this by saying that it's okay to ruffle a few feathers. It's absolutely fine to do that. You can't please all the people all the time, right? So yeah. what what is it? Are they going to be with you or are they going to be against you? It's pretty hardcore like that. So are they going to be with your ideas and your opinions and your style, your vibe, right? Do they want to be part of that? Or is the way that you are talking and marketing and letting people know of your opinions and how you can help them, is that rubbing them the wrong way? Is that kind of, are they upset by that or do they just look at you and just say, oh, this guy's a sleaze bag or whatever it is. It's okay to ruffle from some feathers. I always say that you want to market like a magnet. So just like a magnet attracts the best connections, it can also at the exact same time repel the wrong ones away. And so that's where we want to be. We want to be marketing like a magnet. We want to be bringing people into our ecosystem by being ourselves, by leaning into that uniqueness. Because there's only one you out there. It doesn't matter whether you have a hundred different competitors in your niche, right? The fact of the matter is that there's only one you. And so by being you, by telling your stories, by giving them things the way that only you can serve them up, that allows you to be that much more unique and that much more memorable. And therefore the right people come towards you and the wrong people are just naturally repelled away. Do you, that's great advice. Do you think most people wait too long to start that message, that messaging yes. about? Yeah, because they want it. They want to, they go too brawl. They want to please too many people. They don't want to upset anybody. They're scared about what people are going to say about them, et cetera, et cetera. And this is where the idea, and obviously Pat wrote a book on this in terms of niching down and that you helped him with, will it fly and all the rest of it. This is the importance of niching down. Like you can say, well, I'm a health coach. That's so bloody vanilla. There are a gazillion yeah. health coaches out there. But if you say, going down one more level into that, I'm a health coach that works with men. Okay, great. Now we're getting somewhere. Let's go even further. I'm a health coach that works with men who are 40 plus. All right, now we're getting even into a smaller category. Let's go one step further down. I'm a health coach that works with men who are 40 plus and recovering from major surgery. Boom. 
Now you've got yourself a target demographic. And the language that you use talks to that guy who's in his 40s, who's just had a surgery and wants to recover and get back to work and back to family life, et cetera, et cetera. The things that you talk about, the lessons that you share, all of those things can be directed very specifically to that individual. And therefore, you're that much more likely to become their favorite. Yeah. I love that becoming their favorite. That's the thing that that is really hard for a lot of us is I don't, I want to attract as many people as possible, which I understand. But when we made the shift from a personal brand in this way, because we needed to invite Steven to the business because it was just Coach Azul and that didn't make a lot of sense with... Yeah, he was elbowing his way in, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah. yeah, of course he was. <laughs> Thank goodness he did. And so we, when we became authors who lead, we were really messaging to leaders, people who perceive themselves as leaders or that's what their aspiration was. And if they didn't, if they were considering themselves a hobbyist, we didn't want to attract them. Also didn't want to attract people who wanted ghostwriters, not because that's not a good thing, but because we we create systems for transformation through writing. So yeah. we wanted to make sure it's clear. We don't help people. We could, and we got lots of offers. And I said, no, that's not the niche. I want to help people who in the past maybe felt like they couldn't do it. And so the more niche we got, the easier it was for us to say, to be really strong in our messaging when we're trying to talk to leaders about their books. Say, do you want a book that you put on your shelf that is the five things that you need to do with crypto when it has nothing to do with who you are because you're trying to make a dollar or are you trying to build a movement with your message? Yeah. Yeah. That's the shift that we made. And it's really helped because we do attract people who, when they come looking for someone, they're not looking for someone to pop it onto the, uh, to Amazon. They're looking for, I want this book to make an impact. And that's, and that's what we want. It doesn't have to be in, in business. That's the other thing is a lot of people think that's, a business book is what can leverage you. And it's not necessarily true. It's what your values and your skill set aligns with. As, as I was a former educator and I spent 25 years in that industry and I want to capitalize on my ability to lead those types of people, sure. but I didn't build a business on that. I wanted to build a business on something new because I was trying to leap out of that. But that's what makes you unique. You see the fact that you did all that time in the education industry, there aren't many other people doing what you do in your space maybe none other. I don't know of anybody else that's got 20 plus years of experience under the belt in the education space that does exactly what you guys do. So that's part of your story. And you have, and here's the other thing, tell your story frequently. People think that everybody's going to stumble across their Instagram profile or their Facebook page or whatever, and figure out exactly what it is that you do for them. No, Absolutely not. People honestly are not that smart. Like you need to serve it up on a silver platter in regards to who you are, why they should care about you, why they should listen to you and what you can give them. Right. So I always say, tell your story as much as you possibly can. And yes, by all means, a condensed version, but tell the story. You've always yeah. got to tell the story, which is one of the reasons why I bring up my burnout when I was back in 2009, where I was wanting to build this big company and I burnt out and I had to hire eight people to replace me in 2010. That's a great story. And I can talk about the lessons that I learned along that journey and people, no one else can tell that story other than me. Yeah. And that's exactly right. And I tell people this, I really, I'm very contrarian in the way that I teach anything, but I tell people, look, if you think a book is words, you're totally deceived. Books aren't words. Books are messages that words hold. Your message is more powerful than the words that are on the page because your message can be spread by other people. They can talk about it and that's what you want. You want it so simple that people don't get confused about it and they can talk about your message. And authors get really hung up on the ideas in their book. The ideas are fundamental to 
people talking about it. So people ask often how my TED talk has, I don't know, 3.2 million views has nothing to do with the fact that I promoted it. In fact, I almost rarely don't do that. I rarely promote that. And the problem is I probably could get a few tips from you about promoting and talking about my story over and over again, <laughs> which I'm going to do. But the other thing is, is that I'm really good at crafting a message that, that people want to talk about. That's so simple that I'm not trying to confuse people. And that's the premise of TED anyways. It's a really good premise for a book or business is an idea we're spreading. To do that, it isn't about how well I spoke. It wasn't that I had a, a professional speaking coach. It's that I crafted the message that I thought would impact the right people. And, yeah. and that's what I really want authors to realize is your book isn't just stuff you know. It's not, hey, I know this stuff because we're drowning in information. We don't need more of your stuff. We need to know why you're a person. And I think that's really what's really valuable about what you teach, Chris, is I went when I was in London with you before and you were working with your mastermind, I was sitting at uh, Emily D. Baker's table, <laughs> masterminding with her. And to watch the shift that she made in following you and working with you from, she has a certain brand and a certain way of going, but she, I don't think she was going all in on that. She was doing very low level stuff. Tell us about Emily. I'm going to have to have her on the show to talk more about this, but her, about how her brand exploded when she became the person she really already was. Yeah. And that she started talking. Yeah. About and honestly, she'd been that person for a long time and she was an ex-prosecutor in California, got tired of, of the death threats and things like that and wanted to go off and do her own thing, which she was doing by the time I met her. But it, she was playing crazy small, crazy small. She was worth so much more to the world as a whole than helping people get trademarks and doing things like that. And as a lawyer, she's got obviously a very solid legal background. And she's also got a big booming personality that is extremely vibrant and very much in your face. Again, Chalk or cheese, you either like it or you don't. Here in the UK, we have a vegetable yeast spread called Marmite, which goes on. Which Have you tried it before? I have. Okay, good. So the Marmite, their whole marketing thing for decades has been, you either love it or hate it. They don't want anybody in the messy middle. They want people walking down the street talking about how much they despise Marmite because for every person that hates it on their toast in the morning, there'll be another person that absolutely loves it. And so that was what Emily was like. I knew that by the time everybody consumed 90 seconds of Emily Baker, that she was going to either be loved or hate it. There was no messy middle. And so what we did is we doubled down on that personality. We doubled down on those opinions. We doubled down on her experience. And in the course of working with her over a couple of years, she launched her podcast. She launched her YouTube channel. She rebranded with the whole law nerd thing and all the rest of it. And now she's a bloody rock star. She's hundreds and hundreds of thousands, a half a million, six, seven, eight hundred. I don't even know how many people she's got subscribed now on YouTube, but like ridiculous amounts of people. And it's all blown up over the last few years because, as you pointed out, she simply just opened up the kimono and she just became the person that she already was. Yeah. And you either love her or hate her. There's no messy middle. And that's what I love about her. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think that's what I learned so much from you during the whole youpreneur experience is that you are the only person that can be you. So why are you yeah. trying to be anything else? And Absolutely. And the more you can do it, and I think that's true for you. I think people probably have that opinion of you because that's what you want people to have an opinion. Do you, loving me or liking me isn't anything about you personally. It's about their choice. 
Absolutely. And becoming someone's favorite means you have to be someone's not favorite. And I think that's- I Be a- ready for it. Be yeah. ready to be- re- to genuinely be ready to either be embraced or to be pushed away and don't take it personal. It's not a personal thing. It's just people connect with different vibes in different ways. And I'm just, I don't know, man, maybe I'm just getting a little old and a little grumpy. Like I'm a grumpy old man. Maybe I'm just to the point in my career and my life where I don't know any other way. Like what you see genuinely (laughs) is what you get. And if you're a nice person, I'm going to love all over you. And if you're not so nice, then I'm going to let you know. And probably pretty much everybody else as well. (laughs) Yeah, I think, and I think that's what makes it interesting. I remember when I first met you and Pat, so different, yet underneath the core of who you are is this big ball of love. You both care deeply about people, believe in their success. You really have a view of business and they're not the same. That's what I love about you. you. I don't think you would do, you've done anything similar or this is how we do things. Yeah, totally. And that's why people are so surprised when they don't see us quote unquote promoting each other all that much because I'm working with a completely different person than he's working with. His stuff doesn't turn my people on and vice versa. And so that's absolutely fine. Pat and I speak every single week, but we rarely talk about business. Very rarely do we talk about business. And like you say, like I come from a hardcore sales and marketing, B2B, B2C background. I have real businesses. I've got venues and facilities and lobbies and elevators and all that sort of (laughs) stuff. And he's just this geeky architect dude that decided to open up an online business and teach people how to do likewise. And I think that's one of the reasons why we don't clash. We complement brilliantly between the two of us because there's certain things that I will always go to Pat for because I don't know and vice versa as well. And it just, it works very well. And that, that also is the importance of surrounding yourself with people that are on similar journeys, but don't necessarily, you you're not on the same train. You're going in different directions, but ultimately towards the same destination. Yeah. And I, that, that, that's, what's great about the sort of duo. And I think even the way in which you approach building your brands, I want to talk about your choice in writing the book, The Rise of the Youpreneur. Because yep. it is really focused specifically on the brand entrepreneur. It is a heavily, it is, if it could be called Chris Ducker, it would be as well. But that brand, <laughs> because it really is you in that book. Why the rise of the entrepreneur as the book that you wrote? Because Virtual Freedom was talking about how you can build your business through leveraging, you know, virtual assistants and people to help you in your business, where Rise of the Youpreneur is really about the focus back to the entrepreneur. Tell us a little bit about why that book. And why, what was it about writing to the audience that mattered to you? I think like a lot of entrepreneurs, you go through different seasons, different eras in your life. And I had always run up until opening the doors to Virtual Starfinder, which is our VA recruitment company in 2010. I'd always run brick and mortar businesses, always, still do. But that opening the door to that kind of opened up the door to that world. And I've been working with virtual virtual staff and assistants for years and years, probably like I'm talking 2004, 2005, I was already working with VAs. Like when the four hour work week came out and Tim was talking about virtual assistants, everyone was freaking out over this. I was like, wait, you don't know about this already? Like it had been (laughs) in my world for so long at that point. But also equally as great as the four hour work week was, all Tim really did was open up the door to what was possible with VAs. 
What I wanted to do with virtual freedom was I wanted to be able to show people exactly how to get it done. And that's what we did with virtual freedom because that was where I was at the time. Fast forward five, six years, and now I'm in this kind of this season of really catapulting my own personal brand and teaching other people how to do likewise. And that's why the second book came about. It's almost like it's autobiographical to a certain degree, but it's not because it's a true business book. It's not an autobiography by any stretch of imagination. But I tell many stories in that book, everything from visiting restaurants in New York all the way down to spending time in Disneyland and lots of other sort of stories that are in there. How I cried when I saw Han Solo and Chewie uh, walk through the doors of the Millennium Falcon in Force Awakens. All these stories are in the book, right? I, I think it was just the right thing to do at the right time. And in terms of the content of the book itself, there was no doubt in my mind what I was going to write about. Zero doubt at all, because we'd already been living it for a few years through the Youpreneur community. So everything we created in the Youpreneur community, which was our membership, was focused around three main topics of building a powerful personal brand business. And that was building the business, marketing the business, and then monetizing the business. So we had this three-step framework of build, market, monetize. And then we just had all these like little mini lessons to go into those topics. And that was what the book was. I, Dude, I wrote the book so fast because I was in the middle of everything at that point. We were in the process of coming up with our first course. We were in the process of doing one-on-one high-end mentoring with me. We were about to open up the doors to the Upana Summit for the first time, which was our big conference. I was so in the middle of everything, words just flowed. I don't know how quickly I wrote it, but it was like half the time compared to virtual freedom. Half the time. It It just flew out of me. Yeah. Yeah. It, because you've been teaching it so much. That was it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think it's a good strategy to teach what I think people need to do it based on their values and their, their maybe even their virtues, because you're, from my opinion, from the outside in, you really value people and their success. You want people to be successful. That really gives you, that really excites you. I think more yeah. than even the money I watch you do, you have such a deep desire to see very talented people not suffer in their own sort of lost yeah. beliefs. Yeah. And it drives me nuts when they do. And I know I can help them get out of it. And and equally, I understand, look, look nothing, if you do anything for money and money alone, it's not going to end on a good note ever. It yeah. just won't happen. If you can make money for yourself, for your family, your loved ones, for your lifestyle, at the same time as helping other people get what they want, then that's a bonus, right? That's a bonus. And the sweet spot is figuring out how to be able to do that from an entrepreneurial slash author perspective. For some people, it it comes a lot easier and a lot faster and a lot earlier on in their journey. For others, it might take a little bit longer. But I, yeah, it absolutely drives me mad when I can see what someone's doing and I know I can help them and they just won't stop doing it. That drives me bonkers. But equally, when they come to me with problems and I give them solutions and training and coaching, whatever it is, and they take it and they run with it and they solve their problems and then they start to flourish, that puts a massive smile on my face. Yeah. No, that's definitely what I observe. I know the people who are building authority, building books as a brand or using a book as leverage for their brand, 
need help getting all the pieces together. I know that you're offering some great programs for people to help them. And I'll link that up here in the show notes. If you're listening and driving, you can't write it down. But tell us about what you're doing, because I think this is my entry into your world was these smaller events, like getting into knowing you and your work because people, you give away massive value. This is one thing I've learned from you and Pat is that the things you give away for free, people would charge thousands of dollars for. I've got so much value over the years and that's how I become a huge fan. Do you know how long I was ragging on Pat to start charging properly? (laughs) I was beating him up for quite literally years, he'll tell you about the fact that he was giving too much away for quote unquote free and that he should start putting a premium on what he's teaching, et cetera, et cetera. And eventually he started doing it and he's made a load of money and helped a load of people at the same time. But yeah, I was really on his back for quite some time, but yeah, there's a lot of, there's, there, there are several different ways that we serve folks under the Upana banner. There's our academy, which is our digital course. It's a choose your own adventure type of thing. We have our Upana incubator, which is our mentoring and coaching platform, which is a combination of online stuff as well as offline stuff as well. And then we have our round table, which is really my round table. That's the kind of the higher echelon of the, the multi-six, seven-figure clients that I work with who, yes, they want to carry on making more money. Yes, they want to be successful, but they want to go from success to significance in their worlds, in their in the world as well. And that's like the higher end of it. But one thing that we're doing, and you alluded to this a little bit, one thing that we're doing in November, just a few weeks from now, is we're holding our first ever elevated entrepreneur experience. And this is going to be a three-day event. It's going to be about 60 to 90 minutes per day on November 8th, November 9th, and November 10th. And basically between those three days, I'm going to help you figure out like where you're at with your business. Even if you're right, right at the beginning of it all, we're going to do basically an audit with each other. I'm going to walk you through it step-by-step. We're going to figure out what's working, what's not, what's missing. And then on day two, we're going to talk about the importance of having conversations like real conversations and how those can lead to conversions. And I'm going to share a proprietary system that I teach my paying clients to show you how to do that and how to get leads and conversions without spending any money on ads, without working a hundred hours a week or anything like that, like super proven. It works beautifully. And then on the final day, we're going to break down what it takes to actually build a six-figure business. I'm going to walk you through the Upana roadmap and what that looks like based around that build market monetized structure, but also the important steps that you need to fulfill throughout the course of that roadmap in order to build that six figure and beyond business. And like I said, we've never done it before. This is brand new training. We're putting it all out there for the first time and we're doing it for free. I know you've got a special link that you're going to share with anyone that wants to come along from your side, but either way, I'm just happy to show up and help people and do good stuff with them. Yeah, no, it's awesome. Your stuff is always so valuable. So if you go to authorswholead.com forward slash Chris, we'll link that up there, that free event. So you can go check it out. I advise you if you have to take time off or do whatever you need to do, because like I said, I really, this is the beginning of my journey was with Chris and Pat and their ability to shift your perspective and your, what you're doing or not doing so that you can have success quickly. I left that event with clients. I didn't even know I had a business. Remember I told you I had no business. Yeah. 
I had no idea that helping people write books was you walked with actual clients. In I walked book. out with clients. One of them was Pat. That's yeah. pretty awesome. But I think that's the value of showing up, as you said, and showing up to this event could be equally as powerful. Chris, we could talk all day long. I love you and your beautiful wife, Urs, and your family, and owe so much of my success, if any of it really, to you. And I appreciate that so much. And so I'm always a, a I will always be a big fan of your work. I love your books and the amount of support you've given us all in these books and a way for people to learn how to use a book as leverage for your business. Because if you get in there and dig in, you'll see all the ways in which you bring people out of the book into your world. And that's what you want a book to do. The book is just the entry point to something larger. So Chris, thank you so much. It's such a beautiful day to have you here. Um, I'm so grateful and I look forward to letting people know how to get more of Chris Ducker into their world. So thanks for being here on the show. Thanks for having me, man. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening to another episode of Authors Who Lead. I'm Asul Taronis. We appreciate you. Please subscribe so you can get the notification that we have new episodes every week. And go to authorswholead.com to learn about our show notes and all of our backlists of amazing authors we've interviewed since the beginning of this podcast. Thank you and have an amazing day.